round two for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. Remember, we are trying something a little different here at the news. We are getting together with Mr. Rob DeArmond and Mr. David Gray. They'll introduce themselves in a second. And we're trying to bring you guys the information for the week. Used to have the morning show, ran into a little bit of problems, a little bit of technical difficulties. So now we've kind of pulled it back to a weekly show. We're going to be sitting down. We're going to be talking about what's going on with the news, what's going on with lifestyle, what's going on with sports. So as mentioned we have Mr. David Gray and Mr. Rob DeArmond here. David, why don't you go ahead and go first, introduce yourself for us. Hey, everybody. This is David Gray, lifestyle editor, news writer with the Livingston Parish News. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond. I'm the sports editor here at the Livingston Parish News. And if <laughs> Rob has been busy lately, and we're going to hold off on just a second with you because we want to talk first about Phase 3. We're doing the Phase 3 of the reopening there's a few announcements in there that affect sports, so we're going to kind of use that as a lead-in to you because we still got playoff basketball going and looking at some pretty good games coming up. So look forward to that. But first, we're going to go over here to Mr. David Gray, who was very dejected last week. Uh, he, we spent a lot of time talking about sports, and he got very mad at me. So this <laughs> week, uh, first, we're going to start off with you because it's important. We're moving as a state to Phase 3. Yesterday, which would have been Tuesday, the governor made the announcement. So go ahead and give us a... a, a 32,000 foot breakdown of what that looks like. Yeah, basically, uh, we had kind of been expecting this for a few weeks now. Uh, you know, every day we do the COVID update on the uh, most recent numbers. And over the last about six weeks, the numbers have been trending in the right direction. Uh, January 8th, that kind of marked the uh, low point, I guess, if you will, of the of this third surge that we've been in. And honestly, Edwards and all the other health officials have said this was the worst surge that we've had since the pandemic started. And it's been almost, we are just talking about, it's been almost a year since it started. And, uh, you know, at January 8th, there was 15% positivity rate across the state, uh, more than 2,000 hospitalizations, which that's been, it's been sort of the main criteria that Edwards used to like, you know, kind of dictate what his reopening plans are going to look like. Well, like he said, over the last six weeks, they've the numbers have been improving. And last week, he kind of hinted that, you know, he might be loosening the restrictions. But on Tuesday, it was official. And uh, yeah, just good. Everyone, it was the news that everyone had been hoping for. I mean, granted, everybody's ready for the day when we're 100% open, when we're not in you know, any phases, when we're just allowed to, you know, go back to normal. But uh, this was as good, as good news as we could get right now. Give us some of the individual statistics. What are some of the specific things that will be changing as we move into phase three? Well, mostly uh, in phase two, you had uh, in the modified version of phase two that we were in since Thanksgiving. Yeah, so it's a, it was a little bit more than three months. Basically, business most businesses were limited to 50% capacity. That now has been increased to 75% capacity. Uh, of course, there are some other... Uh, some uh, gyms and fitness centers, those are the ones who uh, they they were kept at 50% capacity because studies have shown that they're kind of a super or not a super spread. I don't want to cast them in that sort of light, but they they lead to more of a spread of the virus than other settings. So they say the same bars uh, that that was kind of the big one this time. Bars are now allowed to be open. They can offer indoor service at 25% capacity, uh, which is, you know, that's something that you had to meet a certain criteria in terms of positivity rate to be able to have indoor service at bars. So that's some good news for bars. Uh, religious services, uh, places of wor worship, your churches, they have no more uh, uh, capacity limitations. Granted, people have to be, you know, socially distanced of six feet and the mask mandate is still in place, but there's no more, uh, there's no more of those size capacities at uh 
at places of worship. So you have that. And then other places like your sporting venues, they they now have 50% capacity. Uh, your convention centers, those sort of places, they have the increased to 50% capacity. So yeah, basically it's just allowing more people inside certain venues while also enforcing uh, you know social distancing and mass mandates. So we're going to segue over to you, Mr. DeArmond, and, you know, the uh, the capacity increase is, you know, right here at the end of playoff basketball might might be a big deal. Uh, and of course, uh, with the outdoor stadium increase going to be a, a better situation for those baseball and softball teams. Uh, so first, let's talk about playoff basketball. Uh, you know, we have one girls team left, the Doyle girls. Uh, they're going to have their work cut out for them. They won a, a, a tight game for their semifinal win. They're going to have the finals game coming up this Friday. Let's first talk about that semifinal win that was, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a gut punch considering kind of how Sam White's team had been steamrolling people up to that point. Just a little bit. It, it was uh, eerily kind of similar to last year's championship game. If you guys remember Presley Scott, who wound up being the 2A MVP, got into some foul trouble. She picked up her third foul in the semifinal game right at the end of the first quarter. So they had to wind up playing without her uh, and and enter Elise Jones, just like she did in that championship game uh, last year to come away with the MVP. Uh, She kind of stepped up, scored 31 points for them. They kind of had to go, uh, you know, they're playing a Voyage public charter, started scoring on the inside on them. And I told Sam after the game, I hadn't seen anybody do that to Doyle where they would just kind of look, stop, okay, I'm, and, and they would just drive the lane or come, you know, backdoor layup. Hadn't seen anybody do that to Doyle. Uh, she also tipped her hat to their defense. Uh, they, they, she said they just came ready to play. It was something that Doyle had to, had to kind of weather. They wound up winning 65-61, to 61, uh, and it was, it was close. It, right. it, was, it was really close. You're, you're going throughout the deal really late before Doyle even took a lead. At one point, I believe they were down by 12. So that that just kind of uh you know getting you ready for playoff basketball you're you're in the in the you know to the tournament so you know everybody you play is going to be good, right? And you know it, it's winner go home, so yes. everybody's kind of playing with nothing to lose, right? Except right. everything, exactly. And so on Friday, uh, they have Lake Arthur, who just beat a meet, so. We're looking for a pretty tight game here coming up on Friday, correct? And if you if you remember, uh, Lake Arthur was a team that knocked Springfield out. They knocked Springfield out two years in a row. Uh, hit, hit a lot of threes on Springfield. Uh, I was actually working on my story uh, when that game was going on, when the Lake Arthur A-Meet game was going on. I know a lot of folks were kind of maybe looking at maybe A-Meet and, and Doyle playing uh, at the University Center in Hammond. Uh, but Lake Arthur's been consistent all year long. It just go look at their scores, and and they've been doing it, getting it done, and it it should be a good one. Uh, it, I, if if you're if you can do it, uh, I I chunk your money down on Friday, and and then come take a look at it at the University Center. And that is Friday at seven thirty. Seven thirty. That's correct. Any specific instructions for people who want to visit the game, other than it will be capacity limited. What they're doing uh, is in between each session is they're clearing out each session. And then uh, as people exit, uh, they clear it out, and then the new folks come in for the last. So this should be the last session on Friday at 730. Um, so hopefully at that point, I, I know when I got there uh, on Monday that I, I heard them announce to the, the crowd that was waiting outside, bear with us, it's going to be about 30 minutes. So if you're waiting in line, 
don't sweat it. You will get in, um, and there are capacity limits uh, based on southeastern criteria. I think they're at twenty five percent, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, so you're you're looking at. Uh, it might not be. It's not going to be probably as full as some of those uh, those Sweet Sixteen tournaments that you saw in the in the two thousands in the in the in the couple years ago in Hammond. But uh, they'll still bring crowds. Trust me. They they were it was it was loud in there even with uh, even with a limited crowd. Sure. Sticking with Doyle, but going over to the boys, uh, they had a little intra-parish playoff matchup against French Settlement. Stayed in pretty much a shootout in the first half, but Doyle ended up pulling away and taking care of business. Tell us a little bit about that game and where Doyle goes from here. Um, they will be Doyle will be hosting Franklin, so they're trying to figure out whether that's going to be a Thursday game, maybe a Saturday game. Uh, where we were, I was talking with Coach Kennedy, and they're they're pretty sure that they're not going to be able to play it on Friday. It would normally be Tuesday, Friday, and they're pretty sure they're not going to be able to play it on Friday because the girls' team is playing in that championship game. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at Thursday or maybe Saturday. Okay. Uh, and we'll once we find out, we'll let you guys know. Uh, the game last night uh, starts out, I believe, if I remember correctly, out of the first eight made field goals were three pointers combined. And it was just, it was little, when I say it was a shootout, it was tit for tat. And right. they're just, they come out and, and they're just, you know, foot on the gas and, and you're just kind of like, okay. You know, I, I coach Martin, uh, the girls coach, uh, Daniel Martin at the at French settlement came by and he kind of tapped me on the, the arm. He said, get your pen ready. <laughs> and literally it was just as they were going, they were, they were scoring so fast. Uh, and then that second quarter kind of kicked in and, and uh, John Tuning, the principal at French Settlement, you know, you can kind of see it. He goes, oh, oh, they're getting tired, you know. And it's kind of one of those things where Doyle kind of kept hitting shots. French Settlement was missing. If you've seen them, they, they like to rely on that three ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and if, it, if they get hot, it's it's hard to stop them. And they're putting them up. They were missing. Doyle's working the boards, and they kind of just pull away. Uh, at the end of the deal, it was just uh, about experience. Uh, if Doyle's got seven seniors on their team, uh, French Settlement, they have no seniors. So all of those guys are going to be back next year. That's it's a really, big deal. really something to build on. But, you know, when talking to both the coaches at the end, uh, said I think uh, the experience at Edge for Doyle was the key for them. Sure. So uh, talking about somebody who's been here before and experience, Walker, still alive, going up to Alexandria, you said. Yes. Okay. So yes. T- tell us a little bit about this, uh, you know, this um, – I forget the name of the – what they're going to a um, regional match. So what is the round before called? That would be, well, this is, they'll be in the quarterfinals. Okay. So first round is by district. Second round is regional. So this is the quarter. So they just run one, their regional match. So one last night. Yeah. Okay. And uh, tell yeah. us a little bit about that game. So I, I, you know, obviously I wasn't there, uh, but they're able to go ahead and, and get a win over. It was Thibodeau. They wound up playing. And when you look at the bracket, uh, Thibodeau knocked off West Monroe. Okay. Which, which was, it It kind of threw everything. I remember they made the announcement on Friday night when I went to the Walker game that, that uh, Thibodeau had beat them. So it uh, Walker's got to go, even though they're the higher seed, had to go on the road to play Thibodeau. And they wind up getting a win there, and they're going to wind up going uh, to uh, Alexandria. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm looking through my notes here trying to get a score for you guys. So I can uh, so I can elaborate a little bit. They win uh, sixty three to fifty six. Uh, Warren Young Jr. has twenty two points for them. Um, they kind of, they had a big third quarter outscored them seventeen to eight, which is where they they made their hay. You know? Sure. Um, 
what I want to let you guys know, I just saw an announcement on social media that uh, they will not be selling tickets at the gate for this game. You have to get them at the school. It's $10. Uh, so just so you know, if you're planning on going to that game, it's going to be on Friday okay. at 6.30. So uh, Wildcats going on the road, Doyle staying at home, and the Doyle girls heading to Hammond for a state champion, potential That's state championship. Potential state championship. So when we're talking about, we're not going to talk about any of the baseball softball matchups just yet. We're going to get start getting into that next week because the girls will be over and, and maybe we'll have a boy. Hopefully we have a boys team still alive. Yes. Um, but the interesting thing is, you know, 50% capacity increase in phase three for those outdoor stadium venues. Uh, you know, do you think that's going to mean a lot to these teams? Um, I know they want people, I, you know, they, you want to see people in the stands for sure. Uh, and, and I know I went to a tournament uh, in Plaquemine over the weekend uh, with with Hammond High where my son plays. Uh, just And just to give you an idea what they were doing at, at one of the parks was they were limiting, you know, they would get to a certain amount and say, this is it, and we're at capacity. Trying to space people out, but I, I tried to go in. There was a game going on before. Tried to walk in, and they said we're at capacity, so I had to had to had to walk out and then wait till they cleared it out just to give you an idea of what's going on. But I, you know, when when you go to me, it's when you're playing outside. You you, you want that crowd, especially if the weather's good, you know, mm-hmm. and you and you like the the outdoor sports and the, and the baseballs and the tracks and things like that. You want to get outside, but sure. at the same time, you realize you're trying to be safe with what what you're doing. Uh, but I, 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 I would imagine people would be happy to, yeah. to you know, you, you can get more people out there, people who want to see these. I know with basketball, there are people who wanted to see some of these uh, contests during the season, and they just couldn't because of these the limits and everything. So Sure. So let's talk a little bit about what sports, you know, as we move into phase three, President Joe Biden has said that he expects with the ramping up of manufacturing of vaccines you know, we could be looking at almost complete vaccination or at least some herd immunity in, in vaccinations by May. So the idea here is that by next year, we could be looking at, uh, that would be next school year, folks, uh, <laughs> we could be looking at some sports normalcy, maybe even during the summer leagues. So something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, it for, you know, if you, you go through the summer and you're, you're like us and, and you kind of, you, you kind of, time yourself it's like a timing thing and and last summer i i know for for me it's like i'm so used to going to you know seven on seven on a wednesday in mm-hmm. the morning and then in the afternoon we go to you know summer league basketball at woodlawn right and and it, none of that was happening right 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 <laughs> none of so you're you're just kind of like okay man this is a, okay what are we literally some days you wake up and go what are we going to do today right um so i i the hope is that you can get back into that. And even, you know, even some summer baseball uh, wasn't played. Uh, I know that it was different for the, for Livingston Parish, but I know in Tangibaho, uh, for school-based summer baseball didn't happen. Right. Um, so, and, and they were able to do it. My hope is that, like I said, I said it last week, I think we're a little more educated. We know what's going on now, what's happening with the virus. And, and I think we're, you know, we're at a point now where I think we can get through yeah, I mean you're seeing it now. You're you you've gotten through football season. You're right here at the end of basketball, and 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 they've gotten through. That doesn't mean there weren't hiccups in the road and sure. people had to shut down. But I think we're we're more knowledgeable about what's going on right now. Speaking of the vaccine, Mr. Gray, uh, you know one of the things that the governor announced and state officials announced was that uh, Johnson and Johnson was jumping into the um, vaccine arena. 
and they would be shipping some doses here as well, as well as a continuation of expansion of Pfizer and Moderna. Tell us a little bit about the J&J announcement. Yeah, that was uh, that was the big news over the weekend when uh, Johnson & Johnson, the CDC, granted that emergency authorization use for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that now makes it the third vaccine to be approved for emergency use. So now we have three vaccines to work with, which is, I mean, the more vaccines we get, the, the quicker that we're going to be able to hopefully get to that herd immunity and get back to normal. And the thing that makes the I mean, there, there's uh, the officials, you know, over the last couple of weeks as they've been talking about this new vaccine, they get really giddy just talking about the advantages that it has. I mean, not only is it a single dose vaccine, which I mean, that that alone just will speed up the process because it's one and done. You, you don't have to schedule a follow up 28 or 21 days later. You take the shot once and then you're done. Um, it also is easier to handle. It's easier to to store, you don't have to have that ultra cold temperatures that the other vaccines require. You know, they say that the the basic uh, hospital refrigerators can keep uh, is enough for the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So it's easier to handle. They were they were hoping that with this new vaccine, they could do more of those sort of mass vac vaccination events that they started uh, a few weeks ago at the Pennington. Uh, medical center in baton rouge and they've sort of started other facilities around the state so that that was really really big news the this week we were getting 30 almost thirty-eight thousand doses of the johnson johnson vaccine there was a bit of a problem though yesterday uh the governor they announced that they actually won't likely won't receive any more of doses of the johnson johnson vaccine until probably the end of the month uh johnson johnson they kind of ran into their own problems manufacturing the their vaccine and they actually entered in, entered into a partnership with Merck which is one of their uh competitors to sort of like get that manufacturing back on track. So so that that's kind of the bad news that we won't have any more of those vaccines probably until the end of the month. But the good news is we got 38,000 uh about coming in this week which means that's 38,000 people who whenever they get that vaccine they're done. Sure, and I mean, you know that that it's going to be a big deal as this production ramps up, still being able to get those shots in arms and to sort of grow, uh, you know, the, the vaccination base. You know, there was recently announced as they updated their uh, COVID-19 dashboard for the week that we have surpassed a million people within yeah. Louisiana mm -hmm. vaccinated. That's almost 25 percent. Yeah. And, and that and that's also, you know, a. Everyone was kind of upset at the very beginning of the vaccination process because it was pretty slow. And I mean, we we kind of, you know, we had talked about it before. It's it was just like testing was at the beginning, you know, uh, at, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, 100,000 tests in a month just seemed like a monumental figure. And now, I mean, they, you know, sometimes we'll get 100,000 in less than a week. You know, it's uh, the 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 vaccine, the 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 process is just ramped up and that's kind of what Edwards was uh, governor Edwards was saying, you know, to be patient because as they were figuring out the, the vaccine, the vaccination, we're just going to, you know, continue to increase. And it's like, like you said, we've reached a million and it's just been, we're into, we're in our 12th week right now. So, I mean, it's showing that we, we are, you know, we're, we're going to get to that point, you know, and it's only going to get faster over time. Sure. And, and again, that goes back to, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of normalcy with sports. Kind of looking forward, uh, uh, you know, I may even reach it. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, but may even no. reach it by the state tournament. It's 
you, you hope. You hope. You know, there's hope. You know, and and like you said, with the vaccine, it's 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 knowledge. You know, right. you're 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 learning more. I think every day uh, to try to figure out, and and I think the ways it's been handled, you know, it, it's more with with safety in mind. Doesn't necessarily mean people like it, but you know, you, you have to do what you have to do to be safe. Sure, it's a virus. You right. Know? I mean. <laughs> How many people really like getting stuck in the arm? Uh, but, you know, it, it has been interesting, too, because you hear a lot from these schools about uh, some of the events that were just straight up canceled, scrapped, whatever, last spring. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, these kids, and, and you feel bad for those seniors, uh, but these kids are going to be able to experience some of that, you know, prom, soft, baseball and softball, that kind of thing. Because last year they were able to find a way to finish basketball. Right. Uh, right. You know, baseball and softball was just scrapped. It was done. Yeah. Uh, so that that is good to hear. Um, wrapping up the show today, we're going to talk to Mr. Gray over here a little bit about an interesting topic. Uh, people might not understand that there used to be uh, a segregated high school called West Livingston uh, here uh, in the Denver Springs area, actually. And, you know, Mr. David over here kind of wanted to bring that back to light, uh, not necessarily uh, for, for any any particular reason other than it is a piece of the Livingston Parish history. Uh, you know, a, a pillar of the community, Mr. Arthur Perkins, used to be a, a, a staple at that school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, David, in, in, you know, jumping into uh, that story, tell us what you learned. Yeah, I mean, it'll, well, you know, Black History Month just ended, and uh, that's where... You know, I just felt I, it's a story I've always wanted to tell because you know we have these uh we have these Martin Luther King marches every every January well, except this year because of COVID, but we've had those and they always start at West Livingston High, which people uh people in Denver's area are familiar with L M Lockhart Park. That's where the that's where the all black high school used to be, uh, and it wasn't even open that long. Uh, it was open for about less than twenty years. Uh, from the 1950s and the, the last school year was the 1969-1970 school year at integration uh the school board decided to close all the black schools in the parish as the black students were able to finally go to the what had been the all white schools and one one the I guess the thing that stuck out was just how important this school was to the people who went there I was able to talk to uh former students former teachers of that school and you know you don't realize i guess it's hard to just uh find a comparison to that nowadays because this before before west livingston high black students really didn't have another option to complete their you know to get their high school diploma in livingston paris they had to you know go to schools in baton rouge to to be able to get that because most of the schools in Livingston Parish stopped at about you know seventh or eighth grade and from what I was from you know what I was told in the research I, that I did it was mostly just you know churches and homeschools it was you know it wasn't really I guess what you could say accredited schools so West Livingston High for for you know many of the people in Livingston Parish that represented the first chance they had to really educate themselves and you know hopefully go to college after that and you know that that was sort of uh, that, that that was sort of the main takeaway I got, it, and it, you know, talking to some of these, some of these, you know, former students and teachers. I mean, they 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 were just you know just had this pride about you know the excellent education that 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 was a word that was that kept coming up was just you know the excellent teachers, excellent education. 
that all of them, you know, uh, you know, just kept talking about. And I don't know, it, it was a fun, it was a fun trip down memory lane for some of them. And it was, it was fun to be able to talk, to share that history with, you know, like I said, that the school closed in 1970. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of people who have no clue that, 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 that school existed. And it also, you know, I was able to, Daniel Landry, for people who don't know, don't know, he, you know, really involved with the Dim Springs community. He was actually a teacher in East Baton Rouge for, uh, or he was an educator in the East Baton Rouge system for more than 40 years. He played at West Livingston uh, High. He, me and him walked inside the gym for a few minutes because that gym still exists today. It's behind the Lockhart Center. Uh, it was refurbished, I think, in the early 2000s, if I remember correctly. And Tasman Mitchell, a former Dim Springs High player, he actually, after the after the renovations, he actually christened the new gym with the dunk. You know, just kind of, just kind of a cool, cool bit of history. And he runs his uh, summer yes, basketball right. program. Yes, right he there as still, well. yeah. still does that. Yes, and they have other, you know, you talked about the late Mr. Arthur Perkins. He was a former principal at West Livingston High. He used to run the summer camp. Uh, Sarah Scott, who was a teacher in Denham Springs for more than 50 years. She, uh, you know, she retired a couple of years. She runs a summer camp there. I mean, it's still, it's still an important part of the community. And, uh, you know, and that was sort of what drew me to it is like, you know, 50 years after it closed, it's still that school is still teaching lessons. So, I mean, I just felt like it was important to kind of just take readers back to that time for a little bit. Right. So please, uh, you can find that on our website or it is in this Thursday's paper. That would be March 4th. Uh, so please go check that out. It's a piece of Livingston Parish history and continues to be utilized for a lot of different purposes. It is part of the North and South Park system, a little known fact. Mm -hmm. uh, so they still take care of that property. And, and again, it's still used uh, for And camps. it's well kept. That's, uh, that's one thing they said that, you know, they, they, they are happy, like the people who, uh, you know, who that place is so important to, they thank the park system actually for, you know, maintaining the grounds. I mean, the grounds are very well kept, has a playground, a gym, you know, the, the Lockhart Center, you know, it's air conditioning, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's not like it's forgotten. It is, it is a place that is still kept up, maintained, and is still providing services to the community there. So again, I uh, ask you guys to sign off by introducing yourselves. Uh, go ahead. I have breaking news. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Can we cut in? Do we have that music? Sure. Yeah, breaking, yeah. The, the little tone. Uh, I just got a text from uh, Coach Kennedy at Doyle. Uh, the boys will play Friday at 430. Oh, so they're going to so, get it in early. So you've got a, now you got a doubleheader situation. So you, you watch the boys play, and then you head down to Hammond and watch the girls play. There so. you go. So it's going to be a busy Friday for you. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'll be double-dipping again. I also wanted to mention that uh, Holden boys got knocked out last night. J.S. Clark beat them 60-55, to 55, made a little comeback, uh, fell a little short. Uh, but that's second round of the playoffs for Holden, uh, which is, uh, you, you know, some progress over the past few years for them. Sure, absolutely. So, again, uh, Thanks for the breaking news. Sure, it go just ahead. Happened. Go just ahead. Just happened, man. I'm Rob D. Armin. I'm a sports <laughs> editor here at the Livingston Parish News. With the breaking sports <laughs> news, Mr. David. David Gray, lifestyle editor with the Livingston Parish News. And news reporter. And news reporter. There we go. Again, my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys joining us for these weekly shows. As uh, COVID restrictions decrease, we will be adding video sometime in the next couple of months. Uh, but we are getting our feet underneath us with just an audio-only version. Get used to our new sound room uh, with these new microphones. We do appreciate you guys joining us again. Please remember that we are on Facebook, 
LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Of course, if you're looking for those breaking sports scores, you can always follow Rob on Twitter. We are also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We are once a week in print on Thursdays. Again, McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. We are signing off for this episode. We will see you all next time.